0: Hello and welcome to Happy, Funny, Amazing, the podcast where people tell me their happiest, funniest, and most amazing stories. And today we have a very special treat for you, a story from Joanne O'Sullivan, a different Joanne O'Sullivan. Now this Joanne O'Sullivan also happens to be a writer. She writes fiction and nonfiction books for children. And in fact, she just put one out. It is called The Great and the Terrible the world's most glorious and notorious leaders and how they got their names. And you can buy it by going to her website, which is www.joanneosullivan.com, spelled just like my name, Joanne O'Sullivan. <laughs> um, and if you go to her website, you'll see that she also has some great nonfiction books for kids. Things like 101 Places You Have to See Before You're 12, or 101 Ways You Can Help Save the Planet Before You're 12. She has written such great things, thoughtful things for children. She has like totally raised the bar on being a Joanne O'Sullivan. Meeting her, I've realized I need to do better things with my Joanne O'Sullivan-ness, clearly. So how did this Joanne O'Sullivan come to be on Happy, Funny, Amazing? Well, let me tell you. It turns out that we both kind of knew about the other person's existence just because we Googled each other's names. I mean, I'm saying each other's names. We Googled our own names, which is also each other's names, because everybody does that. Who hasn't Googled their own name? So I knew that there was another Joanne O'Sullivan, and I even knew in a more meaningful way when I tried to get the web domain joannosullivan.com, and it was already taken. I was like, oh, that other Joanne O'Sullivan. So like I said, you can buy her books at joannosullivan.com if you want to see what I'm up to, you have to go to joannosullivan.ca. And here's a fun fact. When I first looked at her website, I was like, ooh, I really like the font that she used for her name. It's this really nice cursive. So I did something similar on mine. (laughs) You can go look at them both and see, I totally stole it. Different cursive, but you know, thematically linked. And this is the first time I'm admitting that even to her. Joanne who's listening so I hope that's okay Joanne. So how do we meet? Like I said we knew of each other. We had each done a bit of stalking of each other Uh, but then she was part of a panel of authors that was doing an event and the people who were advertising that panel kept tagging me on Twitter in all of their promo because I guess on Twitter we both describe ourselves as writers so frankly it's a very easy mistake to make but they were tagging me and finally I tagged them and her back and I was like I'm not her I'm not her you know, all these people are tagging me but I'm not that Joanne. you want that Joanne O'Sullivan the the children's writer Joanne O'Sullivan not the comedy writer Joanne O'Sullivan and so the promo people fixed it and that's how we met. The end result was that we followed each other and occasionally liked each other's stuff, so we had a very sort of distant relationship. But then I asked her to do this and and here we are. Now before I get to her amazing story, and it is an amazing story, I thought it would be fun for you to hear the conversation we had to have about our names
1: you know, it's not like a common name. I mean, any if our names were Mary Smith, that would be Joanne O'Sullivan is like a really, you know, I mean, I certainly, you know, I grew up in Atlanta and there were only four O'Sullivans in the phone book for yeah. the longest time. And then there started to be more. I used to resent the
0: Sullivans because yeah. I don't know about you, but I always get, I used to have a joke about how I tell people my name. I'll say Joanne, I'll even slow it down. O'Sullivan because people used to think I was saying Joanna Sullivan, Joanna Sullivan. All the time. Yeah. Every, like, twice a week. Yeah, so now <laughs> yeah. I slow it down. And I say Joanne O'Sullivan, and they say Sullivan, and I'm like,
1: what, how did, how do you only hear you Sullivan? Must- <laughs> I don't understand. I have called Joanna Sullivan, yeah, uh, more, more times than not, really. Yeah. And I do talk fast, I guess, and I do... Not enunciate clearly. I'm, I try to more, but yeah, I get that all the time.
0: I very purposefully change it to, uh, oh, Joanne, beat, 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 O oh, Sullivan. <laughs> now.
1: Beat, beat, beat.
0: To be clear, I'm sure the Sullivans out there are very nice people. I just like my O. Now for Joanne's story. One last thing I want to say. Besides being writers, we do have some other things in common. For example, on her website, you will see travel content, places she's been, hiking guides. And if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see I spent most of this pandemic exploring Ontario hikes and farms and posting pictures. And in fact, her story takes place in a country that is on my bucket dream list to go visit. And it's about the amazing things that happened to her while she was there. Hello, Joanne O'Sullivan. Hello,
1: Joanne O'Sullivan. It's so great to say that. It's <laughs> so
0: nice to say that. It's so nice to finally meet you. Thank you so much for coming on Happy, Funny, Amazing. I'm very excited to have you. So before we begin, why don't you tell us, what is your story? Is it happy? Is it funny? Or is it amazing?
1: It is funny and amazing. It can be both, right? Oh, it can
0: totally be all three. I've had some that are all three, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, so here's my story. So it is um, 1996, and I have just finished graduate school. And I, my roommate and best friend in grad school, um, had an internship in South Africa, and she had been a filmmaker before grad school and and she was doing her internship was like with a reparations or social justice organization post-apartheid. So it was really interesting. I'd always been interested in South Africa. Mm-hmm. I myself had you know gone to anti-apartheid rallies and written letters and been really um, a supporter of that movement. So I was excited to have the chance to go to South Africa. And the people she was staying with were also filmmakers. And they said, sure, you know, I was welcome to come stay in her room. It was very generous of them to let me come and stay. And so I got to Johannesburg, not really knowing what to expect at all. It was my first time on the African continent, yeah. full of anticipation, but super tired and jet lag. And I got to the apartment in Johannesburg in a neighborhood called Yeoville, and sort of just immediately crashed out as you do when you have jet lag, mm-hmm. you know, got on the mattress on the floor. And um, so I finally drift off after 20 minutes or so. And then I've been asleep for about an hour. And my friend Wallace comes back from a cafe where she has just gone. And she's like, Hey, 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 um, I met this guy at the cafe. He says that he's going to take us to meet Michael Jackson. And I was like, wait, what? I'm like really sleepy. And I'm looking at her from the floor. (laughs) She's standing above me. I'm like, what? And she has Michael Jackson's here in South Africa on a tour um, and this guy is friends with his friend and he's going to (laughs) take us to go meet him. And I was like, okay, that sounds really sketchy. I don't think I said that, but in my mind I was saying that sounds really sketchy, but, but she has really good judgment and really good taste in people. So I was like, "Uh, okay, okay, whatever. Get up, get dressed, walk down to the cafe and there's this guy. We were probably, I was maybe, 29 or late twenties, maybe close to 30. And she was, um, you know, in her early thirties. So there was this guy there in a Carmen Ghia, those old, like really cool cars. He was probably in his late forties or fifties. He had on a big like stocking cap and he had a beard. He was just this like really extraordinary, eclectic looking guy. And I thought, I mean, he might murder us, but you
0: know, I'm going to follow this through to the end.
1: <laughs> but he has an interesting car. And um, I don't know, <laughs> I know. He doesn't look like a murderer. Plus, Wallace is with me. And she trusts him. She's like, yeah, I've met him before. We, you know, we've chatted at the cafe. So we get in this car. And we go to this mall. And, you know, it wasn't like the first thing I thought about doing in South Africa. It would be going to a mall. Like, you know, <laughs> we pull up into the parking lot. It's probably 11 o'clock in the morning at this point. And there, sure enough, is a tour bus sitting there. So I was like, wow, okay, this is weird. Um, Are you a Michael Jackson fan? Well, I wasn't a big Michael Jackson fan, but of course, you know, every kid grows up knowing who he is. And sure, it would be cool to meet him, you know? Yeah. So on the way over, the guy, whose name is Adrian, turns out he said we were doing this because his best friend from many, many years, decades, is Johnny Clegg. And he, I knew about him as a South African artist um, who really helped bring the apartheid cause internationally through his music. And he Johnny was, did. Yeah, he yes. was called the Bob Dylan of South Africa. He was a okay. singer songwriter, and he had just had not too many years before that—yeah, maybe eight or ten years before—a um, big international hit called "The Scatterlings of Africa." And I knew that song really well. And so here's this guy, Adrian, saying, yeah, that's my best friend. And that's why I know about Michael Jackson because, <laughs> you know, all the musicians connect with each other. And
0: Can you remind me what that song is? You don't have to sing it, but do you know like how, the, what the chord, like is it a popular enough song I'd recognize it? You
1: probably would if you heard it. Um, it's, it's more like a, a chant. We are the scatterlings of Africa. And then the chant is like, I can't I can't really do it because it's like these very deep voices and they're kind of chanting and, and not making words. That was pretty good though. That um, was, I, I, mean, that. I, I had that cassette in my car. So I was like, this is so crazy. I've been here for like two hours. So anyway, here's the tour bus, and then like coming around to the side of the car is Johnny Clegg, and I'm like, oh hey, and So they're talking outside the car and then Adrian gets back in and he's like, oh, yeah, I was wrong. It's not Michael Jackson. It's Jackson Brown, who was a really famous American pop rock singer of the 70s. And I had grown up. Uh, my sister had his record, So I had grown up listening to his music in my room. We have the album. I knew you're a
0: fan of Jackson Brown.
1: I I mean, I was, I knew there was some controversy (laughs) related to him, but I mean, I knew his songs and they were, you know, meaningful to me from my childhood. So I'm like, what? And and he's like, come on, we're just going to go over to Johnny's house and, and we're going to sort it out. So we get back in the car and we go, we're, you know, literally again, I have been here less than three hours where we go through this gated community to like the richest neighborhood in Johannesburg and uh, pull in through the gate. And here I am in Johnny Clegg's house. And, you know, oh my God. Adrian is like introducing us, like, you know, we're just like this random like grad students from America who we picked up off the street. And his wife was there. Her name's Jenny. And she was a super cool – I don't know if she was in fashion, but she was very fashionable. Like, it, so well, I need to pause. just yeah. for.
0: I just need to back up for one second <laughs> just to make sure I'm ca- catching the root of this story. So your friend Wallace was in a cafe, not working, just in a cafe, yeah. runs into this guy, Adrian, who she doesn't really know, yeah. kind of knows, and he just invites you both on this adventure, kind of sight unseen, just because. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Okay, yeah. right. okay yeah.
1: good. and so – within hours of landing in johannesburg i am in the home of the most famous musician in the country and um he's the sweetest like he's not like who are these randos he's like hey come on in can we get you a cup of tea and then jackson brown comes (laughs) this guy whose records i have grown up with in my bedroom he and his girlfriend come in he's also very sweet um everyone's like well let's show you around. So we go to the part of Johannesburg, I think it's called where the, where the dormitories are. And the dormitories are where all the men who would come in from the townships to work. So they would leave their small villages, come in to get work in Johannesburg. And they were very hard working. They worked all week long, but this day was a Sunday and it was the one day off they would have all week. And so on Sunday afternoons, they would do Zulu dancing in the street. So there were men in Zulu, like the um, attire that they had brought from home. Um, And they had instruments that they had brought from home. They also had these shabin set up, which is like a little kind of impromptu hub where they made basically like a kind of moonshine. And we were just walking around looking at these different groups of Zulu dancers with Johnny Clegg, who is a hero to the Zulu people because he speaks their language. He sang in their language and he championed them in the anti-apartheid movement. So there are crowds of people (laughs) following him and coming up and shaking his hand. And we are, you know, part of the entourage of this. And, um, Johnny is was also famous because he could he could Zulu dance, which is it's like these incredibly high kicks that these men do that it seems like they can't really even move, you know, bend their body in that way. But he's like one of the only white guys who knows how to do this. So they're singing, chanting, dancing. We're with the most famous person in the country. They love him, and we're just along for the ride taking pictures. And it was incredible. And by the end of the day, Johnny knew of some little club where it was like a honky tonk kind of thing. And we went to that place. It was not very crowded, but, you know, of course, everyone knows who he is. But we went in and some of the members of his band and of Jackson Brown's band um, were singing because, you know, they had musical instruments set up. And they were talking about the next day going to look for warthogs. (laughs) As one does. As one does. (sighs) And we were just sitting there. They played that Pitta Pata by Miriam McKembo, which is like such a great song and such an African song. And it was like the most amazing day if you were to go to a country and want to have all of the highlights of that country were the best ambassador to that country you could possibly have. That's what it was. It was really hard to top that day. But then, so they did go warthog hunting the next day. But then the day after that, Johnny, somehow we had ingratiated ourselves with Adrian or he just wanted to hang out with us for whatever reason. Johnny was like, hey, I'm going to a movie. Do you want to come? And so we went to go see Pride and Prejudice with um, that. (laughs) Emma Thompson and Kate Winslet. We went to the mall with Johnny Clegg and watched a movie. There was only like 10 people in the theater. And I was like, I am watching a movie with Johnny Clegg. Like it, it was a whole other level of doing something so normal with a celebrity. Yeah. And like his, like Jenny, again, like we came over before the movie and like she gave us tea and we hung out in their kitchen and you know, we, again, complete, you know, nobodies. We were just like random American
0: people. You are not a nobody. You are a Joanne O'Sullivan. That's
1: right. I mean, if he had known... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you only know that's right so yeah like we went to the food court with them um <laughs> oh, God. I know um so it was probably like my closest celebrity encounter but it also ingrained in me that like celebrities are just normal people who happen to have accomplished something really great I mean he was in many ways not like other people because he was so brave to stand up to apartheid in the way that he did and at that time I found out last year that I guess it wasn't last year it was the year before last that he had died he'd had, had pancreatic cancer he was such a, a hero and um yeah such a nice guy so did it fulfill your dream of visiting South Africa it really did and the rest of the trip even though it was not star-studded um it I went to everywhere in the country from you know coast to coast I was there for Several months. And um, yeah, I still have not gone back, sadly, but I I think about it a lot. And I I have a lot of warm feelings for South Africa in my heart to this day. (laughs) It's
0: my dream trip. Not only do we share a name, but we share a dream destination. (laughs) Well, on that note, Joanna Sullivan, I'm going to thank you so much. For coming on, happy, funny, amazing, and telling me that amazing and funny story of celebrity out of the blue, three minutes into your South African trip, (laughs) Um, it was such a pleasure to meet you. You too.
1: Thank Uh, you so much
0: for having me. It was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a lovely rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye. I reached Joanne O'Sullivan in her hometown of Asheville, North Carolina. If you want to check out her books, including her most recent one, The Great and the Terrible, you can at her website, www.joannosullivan.com, because she got the calm. (laughs) If you want to see some amazing photos from Joanne's trip to South Africa, including that day with the Zulu dancers, their instruments, Jackson Brown and Johnny Clegg dancing, You can at the Happy Funny Amazing Instagram page, Happy Funny Amazing Podcast, or at our Facebook page. If you're enjoying Happy Funny Amazing, please consider subscribing, liking, or reviewing wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you again to John Bartman for the music, Joanne O'Sullivan for the story, and to you for listening. I hope you have a happy, funny, amazing week. Bye!